You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. So the focus of today's podcast is all about building your dream business, and I'm so excited to have a great guest with me today, Jim Palmer. Let me tell you all about Jim. He's a marketing and business building expert, and he's an in-demand coach. He's the founder of Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. He also hosts a TV show, The Dream Business TV, and he has a weekly podcast, Stick Like Glue Radio. He's internationally known as a newsletter guru and the creator of No Hassle Newsletters. Jim, is there anything else you'd like to add to that introduction? <laughs> oh, I'm exceptionally handsome and I have a very nice boat, but <laughs> I think you covered everything. How you doing, Nancy? I am good. Thanks for sharing part of your day. And nice that you have a boat. You said you're in Philadelphia, though, right? I am. We have a boat on the Chesapeake Bay. It's been a dream of mine for 30 years, and now that we've finally raised four kids, they're out the door. <laughs> you know, we, um, it's, it's one of our greatest pleasures, especially as the weather warms up. Absolutely. Well, good for you. I always hear it's better to have a friend with the boat than to actually own the boat. Is that true? Every single thing you've heard about a boat is absolutely true. Hole in the water, boat stands for bring out another thousand. It's all true, but it's still fun. It's really, you shouldn't get into boating if if you're strapped for cash because it'll kill your fun. (laughs) Well, those are some good tips. Well, let me jump right into some of the questions. I know you recently, well, you're quite the author. You've wrote a lot of books, and you've got one coming out soon. I was able to skim through it a little bit this morning. It's called Decide, and I love the way you talk about some of the issues in there. Can you explain why making a decision is the ultimate success trigger? Sure. So that book, we actually launched Decide a year ago, um, and then we just relaunched it. Uh, We're actually doing it kind of right now, uh, version two. We got such a great reaction, Nancy, and a couple people were giving feedback and asking questions, so I added two more chapters to the book. So it's it's really done pretty well. But, you know, um, the one thing that if you were to study highly successful business owners, they all seem to have almost an uncanny ability to spot Uh, whether it's a a solution or a challenge, maybe it's an opportunity, but they quickly decide yes or no. They seldom and almost never will say, I'll think about it, because I'll think about it leads you to a place that I call Squishyville, and that's that's where opportunities go to die. (laughs) And the thing about making fast decisions is this, and this is really why it's important for entrepreneurs, is that growing businesses thrive on momentum. And indecision is the opposite. Indecision creates, it, it just, it will slows everything. I'm a boater, as we said, so it's like throwing an anchor off the back of your boat and trying to get up on plane. Indecision kills forward progress. I totally agree with that. I'm a fast decision maker. I know right away if I'm in or I'm out, but a lot of people hesitate. And do you know why that is? Like, why are they stuck in that squiggly Squishyville or Squigglyville? Squishyville, yeah. Squishyville. Well, Why are they stuck there? 
Most of it is fear-based, but that's like the giant umbrella term. I mean, people could be fearful. Well, what if I lose money? What if people laugh at me? What if it doesn't go well? You know, what if people – there's a big one I write about in the book called, um, you know, being immune to criticism and also the imposter syndrome. What if people find out about – you know what I mean? It's like there's so many hang-ups that people have, and that's why really – by and large, one of the most important things you need to, to fix to be highly successful is your mindset. And so I'm really glad to hear, Nancy, that you make fast decisions because that means you trust your gut, your intuition, spirit, whatever you want to call it. If we do that, it's usually right like 90% of the time. I don't know what the exact percentage is. But the thing is, people think, well, what if you make a bad decision? Well, if you are growing and your business is constantly moving forward, you can absorb an occasional bad decision. And, and most of them are not going to be you know, life-threatening to the business. You may have to adjust course as you go. But indecision, constantly putting things off, is, is one of the surest ways to grind your business to a halt. That's amazing advice, and I totally agree with that, too. I do follow my body. My body tells me if I'm right or wrong. Plus, I kind of have this thing. If I'm wrong, I just redo it, right? Just about everything can be a do-over. Well, that's the other thing you said. Why do people – well, it's because people worry about failure. They, they assume failure is a title and not an event. If you fail at something – and even the word failure is a horrible word, but let's say something doesn't work out if we want to sanitize it a little bit. Well, that's okay. It means you're doing something. The only people who don't fail are the people who are constantly in planning mode. You know what I mean? They never do anything. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, common if you were to interview some really, really – like Richard Branson, people who do some amazing things, they actually have way more failures than they do successes. That's just the nature of business. There's a lot of things we do that don't work out, but because we're doing so many things, you, you don't need that many to, to hit really, really well to create a nice life for yourself. Tony Robbins was recently here in Denver, and he said that we learn a lot more from our failures than we do about our successes, because our successes, we go on and we cheer and thinking we're great, but the failures, we actually pause and kind of debrief on what could be different next time. So I totally yeah. agree with that. It's, it's true. I had a, uh, my third business that I started uh, was with a friend and we did everything right as far as we, we actually spent money. We sort of didn't have on, went to a lawyer, got partnership agreements, what every, how we thought about every scenario because we said if the business doesn't work, we still want to be friends. And even though that's a little bit of a risk, well, it didn't work out. We both lost about 20 grand, but we're great friends today. And that experience, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable experience that we had. We, you know, we kind of knew why from a business model standpoint, it didn't work, but we, we, we made some really good decisions moving forward to kind of, you know, I don't know what the right term is, protect your flank, so to speak. Yeah, smart, very smart. So it sounds like this book could really help some people. I know your team got me advanced copies so I could preview for this podcast, but can other people get the book right now? Absolutely, and we would love to. Uh, we're giving away free copies. It's a, not a digital download. It's a 200-page book um, at decideforsuccessbook.com, decideforsuccessbook.com. Uh, the only thing we'll ask is that you pay six ninety-five for shipping and handling, and then we will mail you. It's a, about a 200-page book. And um, every chapter in there is all about how your, how your mind can help you achieve greater levels of success. And, and this was probably the hardest book for me to write, Nancy, because I, I did a deep dive on myself. I always use myself as an example. I felt like I was on the couch there, <laughs> therapist's office, talking about some of the things that held me back as an entrepreneur. I share quite a bit of the apprehensions that I had. And luckily, I got started with some good coaches that kind of whipped me into shape. But 
Um, there's a lot of different things. You know, this, the, the decide not to be perfect chapter is very big. A lot of people that start a business end up uh, coming out of the corporate world. And so if you make a mistake there, you know, you get called on the carpet by the boss or sometimes it's a big public error. And so that holds a lot of people back, and therefore they don't do things. So I, I talk about that, and it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty cool book, to be honest with you. Very cool. Well, that's generous that you're going to give it away for free just with shipping. So you want to say the site one more time? Sure. DecideForSuccessBook.com. DecideForSuccessBook.com. Perfect. So we hear a lot about finding our niche as business owners, yet you have quite a few different businesses that span multiple areas. What are your thoughts about wide versus deep? You know, one of the greatest things, uh, people would have different definitions of what a dream business is. I've got several, but one of the most important for me is having multiple streams of revenue. So even if you're really good at your core job and you're doing really well, if it's just one revenue stream, I mean, there are, there, every business has seasons, peaks and valleys or whatever, or technology can change and you could be doing something that's really popular in Facebook and five years from now Facebook might not exist as, as one example. So when I started uh, in the newsletter business, I then um, got into printing and then uh, probably around 2008 or nine, I was doing a lot of social media as that was coming on board and, and people that were following me and some of my clients in the newsletter business were saying, boy, we like social media. Looks like you're pretty good at it, Jim, but we never have time to write content. So we created No Hassle Social Media and we created some other different business models for Pinterest graphics, all different kinds of things that entrepreneurs can use. And then, you know, about seven, eight years ago is when I started my coaching business. So... Those are different revenue streams, but the one commonality I think they all have, Nancy, and this is kind of important, is they all serve uh, a similar client base. So if somebody's connected with me for newsletters, chances are they might be in, well, for sure they're going to be interested in the printing. They might be interested in social media, depending on who they are. They might be interested in coaching. So uh, while you know, I do market certain businesses to slightly different groups, all the groups, however they come in to initially connect with me, um, they they're definitely have opportunities to uh, try out different services. You're like a one-stop shop, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, the funny story there is um, you just, all you have to do is listen to what your customers are asking for. You know, when I, when I started my first business in 2001, I was actually the chief cook and bottle washer. I was writing and designing newsletters for local clients like chambers of commerce and local businesses and nonprofits. And what they kept telling me as, as my one-on-one -on -one clients was that one of the reasons I was there helping them is they never knew what to put in their newsletter. They had struggled with the right content. So when I created No Hassle Newsletters, I started selling content. That was really it. And then people, when I wrote my first book, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, and I talked about different newsletter designs and styles of, of creating newsletters, people were asking me, well, how do you, how do you get the templates designed? I said, hmm. It was that moment when I, I sort of made a decision in my head, Nancy. I said, each time I get asked a question like this, I have the choice of, making a referral, like connecting somebody to one of my designers, or I could create a revenue stream. And so I then added uh, done-for-you templates to No Hassle Newsletters. I raised the price, and we started growing even more. And then I was exhibiting at a marketing conference once, and uh, I think it was in St. Louis, and like three different clients of mine that were using the product were there, and they said, boy, we love the content, we love the templates and the newsletters, but how do you get them printed? My local printer doesn't like to print them the way you say, Jim. I, I have a certain way of folding it and stuff. And I 
thought, well, I could make a referral to a printer I use, or I could create a revenue stream. And less than 30 days later, I created the Concierge Print and Mail on Demand program. And so I could keep going, but I think the, the point is, if you just listen to the pain points, listen to what your customers are asking for and solve their problems, that's a good way to create a new, uh, a new business. That is really good advice too because a lot of people, if you just listen and don't talk as much, you probably get the answers. But what about those business owners who are just kind of starting out during the first year or two of their business? What specific actions do you have that they, to help them get more clients like right now? First of all, um, there is no magic pill, no magic formula. And I, I tell people, one of the things, um, if you look at every successful business, whether it's service-related or, or product-based, every business that's doing well has a relationship with, it, with their customer base. So if you're just starting out, I mean, you just start out. I mean, whether you're cold calling, knocking on doors, or however you're building your business, you've got to be in 100%, almost 24-7 um, prospecting mode. But even depending on the product you're, you're doing, you know, there is a length of time where people have to get to know you so they find out more about you, trust develops, and then they become a client. So... Um, I, and forget which book I wrote about it, but in my first year in business um, was what I call revenue-free, Nancy. So it took me a year to get my first paying client. Now, what I did is I was doing some newsletters for some nonprofits. I did them on the side so I could put them on my website and said, hey, I'm doing a newsletter for um, you know the American Cancer Society. I did one for United Way. And the other thing I did is I went and got a part-time job at Target, and I was stocking shelves on like the overnight shift, and that was a grind, but I needed to bring in money. But one of the other things I did is I went to their human resource person and said, because they were putting out this really crappy internal newsletter, I said, I'm in the newsletter business. I'd be happy to uh, redo this for you. And I only did it once, but I got to say I did, I did a newsletter for Target. <laughs> and I didn't, say it, was a, tar- I didn't say it was smart. a Target right down the road. <laughs> but sure enough, on my website, I showed a picture, and I made sure when I did their design, I put the Target logo on there. But the point is, you've got to do what you've got to do. You know, most new business owners fail w- within the first five years, and one of the reasons they fail is they run out of money. And I think if you were to, like, peel the onion back a little further, the reason they run out of money is they run out of courage to, to hang in there and keep going. Yeah, that's a smart thing. Well, I, we're going to talk a little bit about your, your upcoming business workshop or th- multiple-day event. So you could talk a little bit more about that, but I want to ask you two quick, fun questions first. All right. So, so the first one is, John Lee Dumas graciously accepted my invite to be on my po- podcast, which was super cool, but you got to be on his show. What was that like? Uh, that was great. That was actually, uh, I'm trying to think when that was. That was like three years ago. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I know John, and um, you know, he, so three years ago, I forget what number he was. I think it was like 247 or something. And um, it was a really fun show. It's, it's, it's obviously a scripted website, or website, scripted podcast, so you kind of know what's coming up. Um, but the reason I can peg the date is um, that was when my uh, first grandchild was born, and we, we you know, it's a long, it, those appointments are usually pretty far in advance. And don't you know, my daughter had her baby, so Steph and I were traveling up to Rhode Island, and um, I just had to s- secure myself in her bedroom and just do the interview from there. <laughs> So I'll never forget that. But it was fun, you know. Every every um, every interview you can do, I think, is is kind of a gift. And 
people will sometimes ask me or sometimes, well, don't you want to be on big shows? I will be on anybody's show, and I'll tell you why. Whether, you got, whether you're on a big show you know, like um, John's show or a show that's just starting out, the, the opportunity for you to connect with, whether it's one person or five people or 500 people, that's how you build a business, one relationship at a time. Yeah, I love podcasting. I had him just recently. It was actually on his birthday, although he was really nice and didn't even bring that up. But it was in December, and he was a really fun guest. When I podcast, I don't know how you do it, but I have a couple standard questions, but then I like to research the person ahead of time and make them personalized. Mm -hmm. How do you do it on your podcast? I do the same thing, Nancy. And, and you know, again, I listen – one of my – Somebody in my community, and they probably said it two, three years ago, but they, they told me, I was at a live event, and they were probably saying, you know, I, hey, I listen to your podcast, and sometimes you don't know how many people are listening, but somebody said, I feel like I'm just listening to a good conversation or a private conversation. It was something to that effect. So when I'm doing an interview, whether I'm in the, on this side of the mic or if I'm on my show on your side of the mic, um, I'm always cognizant of the fact that somebody's listening, whether they're on the treadmill or walking or in their car, and they're listening because they're trying to learn something or get some value or trying to learn a little bit more about somebody. It's not about, you know, I, I, gosh, I hope you're not going to ask me this. It's okay if you do. But, you know, the formulaic, what's the last book you read? Not that that's not important. It's important. But when you and I see what we've been doing here for 20 minutes is having an honest-to-goodness conversation and going back and forth, and if, if, if I was to give a good answer, instead of just moving right on to the next question in line, you actually engage me, I think that's where people really enjoy podcasts. Yeah, that's good insight. I never looked at it from that angle, but I do have people come up and say, wow, I really like talking with you on your podcast or listening, and I never thought of it from the conversation. So thanks for giving me that insight. So my sure. standard question is never about books, and here it comes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> here's, here's my standard question. If you had one more hour in your day, how would you spend it? Um. I would probably do something on the personal side because truth be told, I still work very hard. Um, I do set up my schedule so I work basically three days a week. I work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for all my coaching calls and interviews. Monday and Friday are what I call no-call days. So I, I'm, but in the wintertime, um, you know, I'm usually writing a, a book or creating more content. In the summer, I like to take those days off. But if I had one more hour in the day... Uh, I would probably do something to learn how to relax. I, I am a worker bee, and even though I've got my business to the point where I could probably take more time off, to be honest with you, Nancy, I have a hard time doing it. So I'd like to, <laughs> I'll probably go see a therapist. How do I enjoy some of the time off that I've earned? You know, that's one of my struggles. Well, that's fair, and that's honest. I like that too. Yeah, I keep telling myself, I'm in the, I came from the corporate world as well, so now I'm launching my own business. and. I keep telling myself, effort now, freedom later, right? You've got to That's put the right. time in up front and the work, and it'll pay to, off down the road. So this has been awesome. I know you've got this amazing event coming up in San Diego. Can you share a little bit about that and how people can connect if they'd like to attend? Sure. It's a, it's a three-day event called Dream Business Academy, and what I do is I started it three years ago. I do a complete 
pull back of the curtain on my business. I talk about what I call the million dollar platform, all the different ways that I've branded and marketed myself. I share several examples of how I've branded and marketed some of my clients. And then um, these are all the different ways that I build an audience, grow a list, and then learn how to monetize that. So I'm very, very transparent about that. It is a pitch-free zone, so it's not the typical every hour on the hour there's a new speaker selling you something for $2,500. It's me doing 80% of the teaching, and then I do bring some of my team members, and, um, but they're, they're there just to share content. And on the, on the third day, it's an uh, in-person mastermind, so I do several um, hot seats, or I call them profit seats, one after the other, which are all, they're fun, and they're, they're, they're just as, uh, just as uh, enlightening for the people watching as the people that are getting them, because everybody always picks something up. So it's 100% a, a content-based, and, and it's really, you know, I'll be humble in saying it's a life-transforming type of event because you will leave there having a blueprint for how to brand and market your business, but also you're going to meet some really cool people. There are lifelong friendships that have been made. People are, are doing business with each other because it's a small event. It's usually about 50 people or less, and so people are a lot more open to sharing and connecting, and, and we do some fun things in the room as well. Absolutely, oh, and I hear it's it, almost filled. So how do people jump on their tickets right now? Yeah, we have like 12 seats left, and people go, oh, that's marketing. No, it's really not. I do limit the number of seats because I, I've learned that when people are in a, um, a small, intimate group, they're much more willing to open and share, and, and we go back and forth. So it's not just lecture, lecture, lecture. But uh, the website is dreambizacademy, dreambizacademy.com, and uh, we still have some uh, early registration discounts. At the end of um, – it, it runs uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On, and we end Friday about 3 o'clock, and then what we're doing Friday from uh, 5 to 8, we're doing a three-hour sunset cruise around San Diego Bay, and i still got a few seats for that. I, I've rented a private catamaran for that, so it's going to wow. be a really fun – Yeah, it's a really – well, you know, I, I think you've got to work hard and play hard. So. Oh, absolutely. So listeners, this is a yes-no decision. This is not a maybe. Twelve seats left, and they're going to—they're definitely going to sell out, right, Jim? We all—we have sold out every event we do. Sometimes we're up to the last week, but we always sell out. So, be awesome. Very Would love cool. To have, would love to have you and your listeners there. <laughs> well, thanks for the invitation. Hey, is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't cover? Um. I'll, I'll leave you with this parting piece of advice. Remember, and this is really important, you will earn significantly more income for who you are than what you do. It's not about the deliverable. It's not about being the best dentist, accountant, lawyer, grass cutter, landscaper. It's about having the right branding and positioning so people are attracted to you, so you're not out there cold calling, prospecting all the time. It's about the branding and the positioning that you have. Great advice. Thank you. Listeners, if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Jim, you've been an amazing guest. I've learned quite a bit. And guys, watch for my new self-paced program, which is going to help accelerate your small business. It's going to be launched shortly at nancygains.com. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S.com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. 
Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.